Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. I'm one of your hosts, Zach, and joining me as always is Aaron. Hello! And uh, Power World continues to sort of grow its footprint in terms of uh, like the cultural phenomenon that it is. Uh, I guess we can just launch into this because you and I have played a little bit of this. I hadn't played it last week when we talked about it, but I have played some this week, so we can get into that. And then I have also played Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I have started yes. it. I have finished Prince of Persia The Lost Crown. Whoa. And uh, there's a bunch of uh, kind of big news this week, uh, in particular Microsoft layoffs. So I guess we got to talk about a lot of stuff this week. But Lots to talk about. But yeah, let's get into some PAL world because uh, you have played more than me, I think. Um, last week I played for about an hour and a half. I logged back in. It did crash on me a couple of times, although it also downloaded an update. And I don't know that it's crashed since then, but... Mm. Uh, I don't know. In general, I am not super into Pokemon games, but this one I have just been enjoying looking at all the crazy animals and doing a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, I probably only have like less than three hours in it. Uh, but you've I, I played a little, a little bit, bit more. I a little bit thought that this might work for you a little bit better just because you like uh, games like kind of Factorio. And yeah, that I, that's I didn't realize that was going to be a part of it, like setting up basically assembly lines. Yeah, uh, but that is really part of it is like you don't really do the work. You set up like a a station where they can chop wood and then they chop wood for you. It's not like going out and searching for materials. Yeah, it takes a, a little bit to get to that point. So at first for me, when it was just like you're running around in a loincloth and like punching trees and trying to yeah. gather materials and build like some basic stuff. Like, that was a little bit, like, you just have to get through that point. And yeah. once you get through that and you can start, like, having more of the pals running around your little camp and they can, like, each of them has, like, a, you know, particular stat that allows them to interact with some of the different things you build. Because you can build, like, um, a little wood uh, chopping station and, like, a stone cutting station. Mm-hmm. And if you have the right pals out there, they'll just go do it for you. And then you have other uh, pals that will carry the the items back to like a chest of some sort where you have storage. And so after a certain amount of time, you basically stop ever having to <laughs> cut wood or stone. Yeah. And it's just this like well-oiled machine of pals running around doing that for you. Uh, it does get funny though, because some of the after a while they'll be like, "I'm stressed and tired," and and, and they'll start slacking off. <laughs> and normally, you can you can also build like a little spa for them to go rest in for a little mm. while, and then they'll get back to the work again. But you can also just like go to your little uh, pal computer terminal thing and just like swap them out for a different one if you have more than one of that type of pal. Mm. Um, but you can also like. You can murder them. <laughs> yeah. With the butcher knife. <laughs> yeah, with a butcher knife. I haven't done that yet, uh, but I, I've heard that it, it makes the... There's like a little sensor bar over the... Yeah, they pixelate where it. Happens. Yeah. Um, which is funny to me, but they kind of know what they're doing with that. It, it's almost like Happy Tree Friends style thing where you have this mm. like juxtaposition of like cute, cuddly creatures, but like horrible things <laughs> happening. <laughs> Uh, but no, I've, I've played enough to get to the point where you get through all the tutorial stuff. I, uh, cause the last thing you do, uh, for the tutorial quests that they give you is go 
like raid that tower and take on that boss or whatever. And so I've made it beyond that. And I'm like maybe level 16, 17, somewhere in there. And I, I've just been like uh, building up the base. I haven't done a ton of exploring yet, which I should do more of. But but I, I'm enjoying it. I think it's fun. I kind of get why people are into it. It is a little janky. We're playing on Xbox. The um, the Steam version is a little bit further ahead than the oh, Xbox really? version. Uh, just because it's easier to pump out like hot fixes and updates to Steam, that, you don't have to like go through any sort of certification process with Microsoft before you drop it. So, uh, if you're playing this on PC via Xbox uh, Game Pass or on your console via Game Pass, then you're a little bit further behind the Steam version. But it's crazy to me that it hit like eight million. Uh, it really took over. Well, eight, this is eight million on Steam alone, yeah, uh, in less than six days, and uh, that's so that's not even counting like the number of people that are playing on Game Pass, uh, whether that's you know PC or console. So it, yeah, it really has taken over in a huge way. Um, and so Nintendo did release a statement finally on it. Uh, a lot of people were wondering if they were going to. Uh, sort of sue the makers of power world uh over like intellectual property uh theft of of some sort but they are uh, evidently they've received a lot of inquiries about it and so mm-hmm. they intend to sort of investigate and uh see if uh, their intellectual property was infringed on at all so they're that's basically what they said they're going to do they haven't like taken any actual steps uh, but we did also put in the show notes there. There was a, a Pokemon mod for Power World that basically turned it into uh, Pokemon, where you could run around as Ash Ketchum, and basically all the pals were just straight Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, and they looked pretty good too. But the the place that was hosting the mod, Nexus Mods, which is a famous website for hosting mods shut it down basically before Nintendo could even do anything. They were like, we don't feel comfortable about this because, you know, Nintendo has a history of being litigious, so we're not going to host this mod anymore. And there's probably still ways you can download it, but you cannot get it from Nexus Mods anymore. Yeah. I, you knew it was it was only a matter of time before something like this happened yeah. where somebody modded it in there. Um, I think it happened a little faster than I was expecting, <laughs> but... But yeah, probably a good idea to shut this down before Nintendo uh, comes after you. But I, I guess this, I don't know if you have anything else to, to say about Power World in terms of our experience playing it. It just is uh, sort of having almost an Elden Ring level uh, yeah. like cultural phenomenon at this Everyone's point. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. I The two things that I get like... As far as gaming on TikTok, I get I'm getting a lot of Pal World videos, but I'm also getting a lot of Enshrouded videos. Have you heard about this Enshrouded? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people playing this as well. It, it's another sort of survival game that came out. I guess a little bit is having its lunch eaten by uh, Pal World, but there's a lot of people still playing this as well. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I've I've heard people describe it as similar to Valheim because it's uh there's a a heavy similar to Pal World as well. There's a heavy base building element, and I've heard that's the strongest element of this game. It has like the most intuitive building system of one of these like survival type of games. Um, 
but it seems cool. I mean, it is, I think, very similar and heavily inspired by a game like Valheim, uh, but it's not as, like, Norse or whatever. But, I mean, you are, you know, punching rocks and punching trees and getting wood and whatnot. You do have a little uh, glider, which you can get in Power World, Power World as well, a little uh, paraglider, like Breath of the Wild type of thing. Mm. Um, but I think the, the the standout thing I've read about this is that the building is great, but it, other than that, it doesn't really stand out from other like survival based games you can play with your friends which i mean if you're hungry for another one of these if if you're someone who put you know hundreds of hours into valheim with your pals uh you can de- this is a new thing you can check out everything is destructible so you can make like there's no caves at the moment so like if you dig down there's nothing really going to happen but you can like basically terraform stuff because you can dig like super deep tunnels and make underground things if you want it just takes a while it's like kind of like um uh that red faction the original red faction where they had the geo mod where you could definitely like cut into mountains and stuff but there wasn't really a point to it Mm. this has there's a little more of a point to it because you can like make a base inside and i mean it's it's like a it's an interesting little game it's not really something i think i would play but if you're hungry for another valheim or pal world type of thing and you don't like for whatever reason pal world isn't clicking for you um, I guess Entrouded is doing pretty okay, and I, supposedly they're going to be adding content to it all the time. Yeah, these survival games uh, always seem to do w- well. Like, they come out, and it's like a big genre for people on PC, I feel yeah. like. Because uh, there there have been a bunch of these. Uh, there was Valheim. There was, uh, like, that one that was kind of like Valheim, but it was a little bit more uh, almost Diablo-like in its combat, where it was, it was sort of dealing with I think vampires, I want to say. I might have that wrong, but it was something like that. I can't remember. That sounds what it was familiar called. to me, yeah. Um, but yeah, people love this genre uh for some reason. I it doesn't super click with me. I don't really yeah. care that much about it, but um but yeah, I, I, right now the the question is, do you want to play a version of that that doesn't have Pokemon? Basically? Yeah, what do you want? Do you want Pokemon <laughs> or no Pokemon? Yeah, and this one, I mean, just from looking at the the early access review video that we have in our show notes it looks like the sort of crafting and uh sort of base building is more in depth than what you get in pal world but Mm. um and maybe there's even more of a, a focus on combat but but i mean again do you do you want one that has pokemon or not um, well, speaking of having Pokemon, big report this week from uh, an analyst, an unnamed analyst about the Switch 2. Yeah, he's got to stay, uh, you know, anonymous. Otherwise, Nintendo will take them out. But Nintendo Switch 2 supposedly has an 8-inch LCD screen, uh, according to a report. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. This, this is bigger than the OLED on the uh, Switch that we have right now. Uh, yes. is bigger than the standard switch which was 6.2 inches but does that more or less confirm that this is not going to have some sort of folding mechanism yes i think prop well i don't know it could still have some sort of clamshell but yeah one of the headlines i saw was like definitively it will have an 8 inch screen and only one screen so i don't know do you think this just is going to look like a bigger switch or i mean this will be the first time really that Nintendo, we've talked about this uh, to no end, but this will be the first time that Nintendo has iterated on a console so much or like so little, I guess. Like, is it just going to be a Switch that's slightly bigger, do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it would not... I, I think what we want is just a more powerful version of what they already have. Mm. And if it is, if the screen's a little bit larger, if maybe they've updated the joy cons to be a little bit more ergonomic and to not have stick drift, I think a lot of people would just be happy with that. (laughs) But uh, Nintendo, like obviously they've iterated in the past where you went from like the NES to the super NES. Um, but the last Even time that. they did that, it was very, like, it was bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> when they went from Wii to Wii U, it, like, that did not work out at all. Like, True. famously, they were in a lot of trouble, and the Switch kind of saved them uh, from that. But I don't know. It, it, Do that's you think the they call question. I mean, if it looks, that's, if it is just going to be a slightly upgraded, not slightly, I mean, reports are that, like, I think over the summer, didn't we hear reports that, there was a dev kit that was running like PS4 level graphics or whatever. Which, yeah, I, I remember seeing something about that. But if it's uh, just a slightly more powerful Switch that's like bigger and slightly nicer looking, do you think they just call it the Switch 2 or did they come up with a fun name for it? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a good question. Uh, right now, that's what everybody's calling it. And I, I mean, I have a hard time seeing that Nintendo would fail with that. Like yeah. if they just gave us another version of this thing that everybody already loves, that was like more powerful, but yeah, also, but also like, I feel like Nintendo is probably very stressed over whether this is going to be a Wii U situation or mm. if this is going to be, uh, you know, as good as the original switch, which is still uh, selling like crazy. The analyst, uh, in the story also predicted that it would launch at $400. So more expensive than the current OLED model, um, but yeah, I, I there were I think a lot of people were disappointed to hear that it was only going to be as powerful as a PS4. But like you have to remember that this is like a portable console I that mean, just happens to be able to dock and play games on a TV. I played Ghost of Tsushima on a PS4 and it looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean it, it's true that you can do a lot of. There, there are a lot of games that are running on PS4 or capable of running on a PS4 that still Uncharted look Uncharted 4 great. was on, I mean, all of those uh, Naughty Dog games, not Last of Us Part 2, those Uncharted 4 and Last of Us Part 2 are probably the two most beautiful, like, high-res games I played on PS4, and they looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake was yeah. running on PS4, um, Horizon, both the first and second one ran on PS4. GTA 5. So, I mean, I, I think we're a little bit getting to a point where as long as you have a good art style and you've you've really made it so that it runs well on the hardware, uh, the power underneath the hood almost doesn't matter as much as like the gameplay you're providing, yeah. uh, which Nintendo kind of proved with the current gen switch like they gave us breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom and super mario odyssey and nobody looked at those and went man if only this thing (laughs) were as powerful as a ps5 i mean maybe some people were like uh i wish the frame rate were a little bit better on like the zelda titles but other than that like the games look great and they play they're very fun to play and they are like game of the year caliber games so i'm so curious to know like everything I hear about the Switch 2 just makes me more curious because they've got to know 
I feel like we talk about this every episode, but I feel like they've got to know they need a really killer launch game. And I'm just so curious to know what that launch game is. Yeah. I mean, speculation that that Donkey Kong game. Yeah. Because it is like some sort of, what is it? The 30th anniversary of Donkey Kong or something oh, is like it? that. Well, that would be perfect. And I don't know. I feel like there was another tie-in for Donkey Kong that made it seem like, oh, this would be like the perfect time. Not that well, they're, they're necessarily opening... going to do it, but like, oh yeah, the, the Donkey Kong uh, land in yeah, Universal Studios. Land. Not to jump to, uh, like too far ahead in our show notes, but there's a story about uh, Donkey Kong this week. Yeah. So I don't know if you got a chance to see this, but Nintendo World's Donkey Kong ride goes off the rails. Yes, it's like a crazy monorail system, it seems like, underneath. So it's regularly on rails, and then there's a part similar to Donkey Kong Country where you're on the cart and it, like, jumps off the rails. There's a part where the rails end, and it seems like your cart is, like, fully off the rails. But in fact, it's on just, like, a... Uh, like a monorail arm under it but it, it's like uh it looks pretty crazy yeah it, it looks like it jumps from like part of the rail to the next rail just like it does in the yeah. the snes games so it's a it's a cool innovative thing that I'll, I'll be curious to see how it looks um like once people start uploading videos of it and it's full release but um yeah you think it would be like they go all in on donkey kong this year they could. I mean, they went all in. There was the year that Mario uh, was the anniversary and like everything was Mario themed. They, I, I wanted them to do the same thing for Zelda when the Zelda anniversary happened, but nothing really went on. I think they probably intended to do that, but COVID kind of made them push everything back into the next year. But yeah, I think they're into theming. So I, I would be very into them being like, uh here's a crazy donkey kong game that you have access to so so what's the 99 version of donkey kong that they could do very interesting to think about i mean maybe it's the original like donkey kong throwing barrels at mario type of thing i don't know how you would make that 99 though i don't know yeah just like 99 people on there trying to run to the top whoever gets yeah. there first i don't know and then whoever like you can similar to the tetris thing if you can like do special things to like make extra barrels happen for everybody else or something yeah either that or it's as simple as like because the the mario one was more or less a race from start to finish yeah uh on a level where you're just doing like the normal platforming uh they could do that with just like Donkey Kong Country. Donkey yeah. Kong Country 99. But that would be crazy. It would be crazy to see. What's this grime thing? So th- this is just something I saw that I, I wanted to shout out because I like grime. And I thought it was like a cool little moment from the, the developers of that game. So somebody on the Metroidvania subreddit that I follow, uh, you know, posted a little thing about how they... They think Grime is a better game uh, than Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, because uh, Grime got its Switch release this week, so it's been a little bit uh, in people's minds. But uh, they went through about why they thought you know Grime was better and how they were similar, but why they like Grime better. And like the first response was like one of the devs from Grime, and they're like, well, "We appreciate the kind words, but make no <laughs> mistake, Lost Crown is like a way more polished, like much." 
much higher production value game and it's so much bigger and there's like uh you know it's way better optimized like we, we appreciate you being kind to us but like this is a great game and we love it and we think it's awesome and uh but we also like that you like our game and so it was just like a cool <laughs> little moment from the devs and they, they talked about how they're like a team of like maybe five developers that, that made crazy. grime versus like you know prince of persia which has like a huge team on yeah, it. ubisoft um but yeah i just finished prince of persia the lost crown and i agree it is like so well designed it's such a good game and such a good metroidvania uh but i also do love grime um I, i'm not sure how i would rank them if i were mm. going to make a top 10 which we've talked about possibly doing at some point but uh yeah, they're both great games. I just wanted to highlight like a cool dev being like in the the subreddit talking to <laughs> people who like their game and like giving credit to like another game that's out there. That's good. But um, let's get into the bad news of yeah. the week. So Microsoft laid off uh, a bunch of people this last week. I think it was like 1,900 people. Yeah, 1,900 staffers. They, I think they did say that they have like 22,000 people on their team. Um, but like 1,900 people, that's a lot of people uh, to <laughs> lose a job. But it's like more bad news for the games industry. And uh, maybe a little bit ties into conversations we've had in the past talking about games crash like there was in the 80s is potentially upon mm. us. Um, just with like a lot of companies sort of not having the kind of profits that they're expecting and having to lay people off and maybe companies going under. But yeah, this is a big bummer, I think. They also, they canceled some sort of uh, survival MMO that's been in development for a bunch of years. They were just like, we don't, we don't need this anymore. So this project is terminated. <laughs> Yeah, which, I mean, you look at Pal World and Enshrouded came out this week, and there's obviously an appetite for survival yeah. games out there. So crazy that, and that game, uh, from what I recall seeing, maybe I'm, I don't have this exactly right, but it was definitely under, in development for like multiple years by this yeah. point. And to just have that sort of cut out from under him. Well, part of it, I think, is like, when you merge all of a sudden, like Microsoft already has a bunch of people in like, you know, billing and accounts and a bunch of random other stuff. So everyone at Activision who had those jobs basically is unnecessary. And also firing a bunch of people is a really good way to juice up your quarterly profits in the short term where like now you don't have to pay 1900 people salaries. So you can say like, well, we're very profitable right now for don't think about why we're profitable. We definitely are profitable right now. So part of it, I think is that just redundancies happen. Like now there are multiple people with the same jobs and that doesn't need to be because Microsoft already has a network of people. So you don't need like Jim and accounting who like, Oh, I worked on this Activision game. Well, no, Microsoft has a whole accounting department, so mm -hmm. you're fine. You can just leave. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's not a great situation. It's like, it's a bummer when a cool, not, I mean, Activision Blizzard is a kind of a crazy example because it's so giant, but you hear about a lot of studios where it's like a cool little studio, they get acquired by Microsoft and then, or you like Embracer Group is another example of this where you, they acquire a cool studio and then 
a couple years later, they're like, we're disbanding the studio for financial reasons. And it's yeah. a bummer because you want them to just be able to make their great games. But they are, now they're like part of an entity, like um, Dead Reckoning, the entity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want it to be like when, like, for instance, when Sony bought Bungie and they're just like, all right, just do your thing. Do your thing. Yeah, we'll give you all the resources <laughs> you need and we won't interfere with your like structure you can just be an external unit to us but we technically own you uh anyway what is this monkey man trailer a bunch of trailers came out this week including the jake gyllenhaal roadhouse movie which i did not watch the trailer for but it seems crazy this is something interesting this is uh directed by dev patel who you will know for a bunch of other things uh but he directed this and it's sort of a it seems like it's a little bit of a John Wick type of revenge story. And he just like does a bunch of Kung Fu and it looks really good. There's like a bunch of cool one shots where he is like doing like John Wick-esque fighting. It looks very, uh, the cinematography looks great and it seems like it's going to be a really fun little movie. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I watched this trailer like three times because I just like, I really like the the beats in it and the action looks really good. And uh, I, this is something I would go to the theaters to see. And also um, this is, I think being produced by Jordan Peele and Jordan Peele was like, I saw this and it definitely benefits from being watched in a movie theater. So I'm going to make sure it doesn't just come out on streaming. It's definitely going to be in theaters, which I think is cool. Um, So this is a great little thing. If you're looking for something to get excited about uh, to like go back to the movies I think this is going to be a cool one. I think this is going to do really well. And I think it's going to be awesome to see on the big screen. Yeah. I'm just watching the trailer now. I hadn't seen this before. I definitely recognize uh, Dev Patel. He was in uh, Slumdog Millionaire. If you get to like the like minute 45 mark, that's when he starts doing action stuff. Like <laughs> all these like practical effects. It looks really good. I, uh, I don't know. This came out of nowhere. I had no idea this was being made or like I didn't know Dev Patel was like a, an action star, I guess. But there's some really cool shots towards the end of this trailer where he's fighting in like a kitchen where it just seems like really, really cool. Especially if like uh, right around like 255, he's in the kitchen and he's just like doing a bunch of crazy stuff. It looks great. Uh, I'm excited for it. Fighting in a kitchen makes me think of uh, that one the raid movie yeah raid 2 there's a really cool Berendal, like, that fight sequence in that that movie raid and raid 2 are great i've watched i watched raid in theaters for some reason it came to a theater in cedar rapids oh really yeah i was just like why is this here uh and so i <laughs> i watched it and it was great and then uh the second one came out and i had to watch it on dvd but um I do not remember that. That's cool. I, I would have definitely watched the second one at the theater if it had come to theater. But second one's great. I, I yeah. haven't watched the first one in a long time, but the second one is so good. It's so good. Two great movies. But anyway, Two yeah, it's a great little movie recommendation. A higher note to end the new segment on than that bummer layoffs thing. <laughs> yeah. No, this looks cool. I would watch this. Um. So let's get into the games that are out this week. Uh, Tekken 8 and Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth have both come out and both have been reviewing well. Uh, this is like one of those crazy times where it's like late January and you don't really expect to have a lot of new games to play, but you have Prince of Persia, 
PAL world, Tekken 8 and Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. And next month is when Final Fantasy comes out. It's so, true. So it's crazy time. Uh, kind of unexpected. I have started Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I don't know if you want to dive into Let's that. Let's talk about game. it. Yes. I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah, so I am just far enough to have made it to Hawaii, which is where this game is set. Like, it does open up in uh, Yokohama, and you're hanging out with Namba and Adachi, and you're. it's like a few years after the last game ended, and you have sort of disbanded the two big Yakuza clans there, and you're sort of working at hella work to try to help uh like ex yakuza uh sort of integrate back into society and get jobs and stuff like that and things kind of go south but you eventually somebody comes along and is like hey uh your mother because like how ichiban kasuga was like born and raised is sort of a big uh, thing that happens a lot or they they talk about it a lot in the last game yeah and now in this one they're like hey your your mom is from Hawaii and she actually lives in Hawaii <laughs> and wants to meet you. And so uh, you get sent there and some stuff goes down and you end up uh, uh, sort of meeting up with Kiryu, who is like the main character of all the past Yakuza games. And so now you're just like hanging out with him and palling around in Hawaii. And um, yeah, so I'm just like, I'm only in chapter three, so I'm not super far into the game. It does take a little while to get, to hawaii uh but so it was like really cool to be like back in yokohama running around and being seeing all these places that i recognized from the the last game and Mm -hmm. like hanging out with those characters again Uh, but yeah it's it's fun to now be in hawaii and have like a different location and uh to start building up my party and uh to kind of see where the story's going they do such a good job with the writing in these games and i really like how they write their characters as well. Ichiban is definitely like one of my favorite characters from like any game from the past, like however many years since that game came out. And so it's like really fun to be back in that world and, uh, you know, hanging out with those characters again. How's the new combat system? So I was trying to remember, like you and I didn't love the turn-based combat at first in the last game. It took me a little while to come around to it. I think once you start getting like different jobs that you can like, which affect basically your class for your different characters. Once you start swapping those out and experimenting with some of those and and trying out some of the different abilities, I think it did start to click with me and I did uh, start to like it. Hmm. Um, But it was a, a little bit slow getting into it for me. This game, uh, already, maybe it's because I know the combat better from having played the last one. I already like it better than I did when I started out on the last game. Um, but you, so you start out and you have like that sort of circle where you can move around in. Uh, whereas I don't remember in the last one if you could move your character. I thought they were all like moving sort of randomly. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of a problem that we had with the It last was a game. huge problem because you couldn't really line stuff up. It was just like you basically just had to wait. And every once in a while, people would randomly shuffle around. Yeah. And this one, you can move your character around. So you have a little bit more control over whether like if you want to 
try to do like a two for one shot where you hit one guy and knock him into the guy behind him. Um, or if you have a move that like, uh, like Ichiban has a move where he sort of runs and sort of drags his bat across the floor and then jumps up and hits somebody. And so if you target somebody in the back and they're like a person or two in the middle, he'll just like charge through them and knock them down and deal damage to them as well. So you have a little bit more control over that in this game, which is definitely a good thing. Um, so already I, I think I like the combat better in this one than I did last time. Um, but I, I haven't gotten to a, a point where I can start like swapping out classes for other characters. So I, I need to get further into it and do a little bit more experimentation with it. Also, um, Maybe it's because I'm still pretty early on. Like the first section when you're in Yokohama, like everybody, every fight is a cakewalk. It's like <laughs> not a problem at all. Uh, and here, now that I'm in Hawaii, the game will do a thing where you'll see enemies as you're walking around. And if it's like a red dot above their head or they have like some sort of red icon above them, typically that means you're going to be okay because they're roughly your level when you mm. fight them. But you'll also run into these people that are have like a purple icon above their head. And those are people that are above your level and you like you want to avoid them. <laughs> and um, I have done the thing where I like will save it and then try it out and see if I can get through those guys. And they always destroy me. <laughs> and yeah. so I'd have to reload my save. But again, I'm still pretty early on. So like I, maybe I just need to do some more leveling. But uh, it's sort of. You, you just you have to watch out where you're at you can't just like beat any random group of enemies uh as you're running around but um but yeah I, i'm loving the the world it is funny that it kind of starts out and it's like uh the language barrier is an issue and they sort of address that a little bit and then all of a sudden it's just not anymore <laughs> you never <laughs> have to worry about it again after that it's like a, in a sci-fi uh, movie where they just give you like some sort of translation device attached to you and you just don't have to worry about it anymore <laughs> except this that doesn't happen in this game it's just randomly everybody i guess speaks japanese now but have you gotten to the you probably have not gotten to the animal crossing sub thing have you i haven't gotten that far yet no but i do have the segue so i can oh. just like ride around on a segue and it also does a thing where you can like pull up the map and like uh, if you're on your Segway, you can put a point down and then you just pull the trigger and he'll just automatically drive there. That's great. Which is great. Um, also, I don't remember it being in the last game, but I think you can also sort of do that a little bit with a taxi where you just like bring up the map and you find uh, the taxi nearest to the place you're trying to go. And you just oh, like yeah. hit a button on it and it's like, oh, you can now just travel there basically to that one here's how I much it'll cost i do kind of remember you. that yeah but it took a while to unlock i think yeah i you have that right out of the gate with this i don't rem i really don't remember if it was in the last one or not maybe i missed that and just always ran to a taxi now you kind of don't have to do that you can just like automatically taxi but yeah i'm into it i i i didn't think i would be as into it because i was in such a metroidvania mood Mm -hmm. and i was like well i'll play this because i played the last one and i liked it but i've gotten like super into it and <laughs> i'm to the point where like all those little challenges that like build up your personality stats you know like your um I, what are, i don't even know what they're all called but like they build up your personality like your 
like how nice you are or how smart you are and all rings. that thing yeah yeah it builds up all of that stuff and there are like the, these little challenges associated with them like riding a taxi 10 times or like uh take 30 pictures with the in-game camera or like talk to random people on the street like 10 times or uh all of that and i want to do all of that stuff for some reason <laughs> i like i'm really so into it that i want to try to uh do everything uh, in this game so far and there is also like a new thing where you like hit a button and he'll just like wave at people or like say hi or he'll do like the little hawaiian hello thing uh and certain people on the street you can become friends with you can't do it with everybody or just at random anyone but like you'll see people walking around and they'll have like a little icon above their head and if you wave to those people you become friends and you basically have this like app on your phone that like somebody gives you it's at one point and it makes it so that you can build up relationships with other people around the island which is a, a fun interesting little thing that i'm not sure uh where that's going to go as i build up more friendships with random people <laughs> but uh a cool little feature as well and there's so many like mini games as well it's like the the gta thing of they're just being like you can go play darts somewhere or you can go play this other thing i saw there's like a pokemon snap style thing i think there's like a a pokemon game basically within uh this game where basically you have like the sujimon yeah which are these like weird creeps that you will find and fight and then they get added to your like sujimon decks and uh i haven't gotten into that yet but i'm very curious to see what that's like but there's also like a a weird like dating app mini game thing as well where you like update your profile and then uh you'll get responses from people and then you try to have like an uh a chat on your phone with them and if you uh chat them up in a way they like then you can go on a date and i tried it once and the first date i I went on to, to meet this person. It ended up being like a, a very fat man <laughs> instead of the, the girl that he was portraying in the app. So the, they have like, I don't know, their sense of humor about it as well. But um, there's just a lot to this game and I want to play a lot more of it. So, but I'm, I'm very much enjoying it so far. Well, I also want to hear about your uh, Prince of Persia Lost Crown experience. Yeah. You've- You've 100%ed it. So I would have the platinum if not for one of the side quests is bugged. Uh, oh, no. You have, to, you have to go to this, like, sort of pirate-themed area, and there's a side quest where you meet this, like, captain guy, and he's like, my lucky parrot has, like, flown away. Can you help me find it? And <laughs> it's basically a jumping-slash-platforming uh, challenge where you mm-hmm. have to... Uh, platform all the way over uh like go across where the parrot is and then uh jump all the way back again and the parrot's supposed to fly into the room and the the captain will be like grateful to you and he'll like give you some sort of reward or whatever and for whatever reason when i did that the parrot just like didn't fly into the room and so i went into the room tried to talk to the captain and he just said the same line of dialogue from before and then when I went back outside, it was just like hanging out, just like <laughs> hovering just outside the door. And you're like, 
I didn't know what to do. So I like fast traveled away and back again and like tried to reload it. And now the parrot's just gone and the captain just is repeating this same line of dialogue. So <laughs> I was robbed of the platinum because that's that little quest is bugged, but I've done everything else and have all the other uh, trophies in the game. It took me roughly 30 hours to complete. So it's a little bit uh, similar to Hollow, uh, Hollow Knight in terms of like just the base game completion. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it has a lot of other Hollow Knight inspired elements about it. It's very, very Hollow Knight. But uh, yeah, I like the combat. I liked the all of the the different boss fights. Some of them are are challenging because I, it wasn't always clear to me what you could parry and what you couldn't. But um, you have to uh, you have to kind of learn their patterns and try to figure out how to beat them. It did take me a good number of tries on definitely the last boss. I thought was pretty difficult, but. Um, Easily one of the best Metroidvanias I've played. I, I don't know exactly where I would rank it if I was going to sit down and put together my top 10 ranking of Metroidvanias, but I liked it a lot. I, I think it's up there for me, for sure. How would you rank it compared to, like, uh, Metroid Dread? Uh, I think I like it better than Metroid Dread. Really? Because I I, I don't love, like the shooting in a metroidvania yeah, you know what i mean i think i prefer melee combat and so for me i had more fun with like the melee combat of this game and like hollow knight or or grime or something like that yeah where it's more melee based as opposed to like shooting projectiles but um i mean metroid dread was great and this uh this game prince of persia does borrow from that especially in terms of its like movement where you run and slide and you have like sort of a faster pace about it but i think it borrows more from hollow knight than it does metroid dread really yeah and good variety of boss fights i think there's a lot more platforming and puzzles to this game than something like hollow knight which is something i liked i I think that's one of the things that this game is getting a lot of credit for is just being super well paced where like it, it it does have platforming it does have boss fights and and combat rooms and it does have puzzles but it does like a really good job of like um mixing it up and doling all of that out so it feels like you're not doing one type of thing yeah. like exhaustively and then you're like okay well where's the platforming stuff now it does a good job of pacing all of that out um but yeah, it's it also does a good job of pacing out like the upgrades and how it's just like every Metroidvania, a good Metroidvania will be like you start out and all you can do is jump and maybe you have like one sword strike that you can do. But by the end, you're basically flying around and you can basically you feel this like great sense of progression where yeah. no matter where you go, like before you're like, oh, I can't get to so many different places. I can see them, but I, I can't I don't know how to get there. And by the end, you're like it doesn't matter where I go. I know I'm going to be able to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a great feeling. And that's why I love Metroidvania so much. And this game uh, definitely does that really, really well. So I Zach, definitely have it up there. I have a question for you. Okay. I forget if we were recording when we started talking about this. Maybe we started talking about this before we started recording. But we were talking about the kind of sad state of GameStop right now. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, 
you went in to try to get uh was it uh like a dragon uh so well i went to target to get groceries and i was like i've got a gift card i'm just gonna go ahead and also buy like a dragon infinite wealth while i'm here and target didn't have any and i just immediately knew not to bother going to gamestop because the (laughs) past like year basically every time i go into gamestop and i'm like hey do you have this game this new release i'll go i'll go out on release day and be like hey do you have this and they'll be like they've never even heard of it before they don't (laughs) even know what i'm talking about they have to search for it in the computer and they're like oh yeah we don't have that and like that did happen with prince of persia it didn't happen with uh, like a dragon because i i knew not to even bother but like I did go there to try to get pick up uh, Prince of Persia and they didn't have it. So like I, I can't understand what GameStop is doing if they don't have the latest game releases because they also don't do old games, do they? I think they no, stopped they doing just that do, a long like, time memorabilia ago. Now. You can get like Hulk hands or whatever from there. Yeah, and Funko Pops and stuff like that. But But here's my question. Let's say you worked at a GameStop or a, a video games, etc., and I walked in, and I was like, "Hey, I've I I only want to buy one game that I'm going to play. What should I buy? Should I buy Like a Dragon: Infinite Wealth, or should I buy Prince of Persia: Lost Crown?" Ooh, what would you say to me? Is that because this is the situation you're presented with? It is kind of <laughs> yeah. I I mean, right now I've pretty much only been playing Apex. Like, I'll log in. We still have the battle pass, which I think still has like 14 days on it or something or 10 days. And I've been playing that Final Fantasy seven uh, takeover and I'll, I'll log in and do like maybe two matches and just like, you know, relax for a while. But I, I, I was playing that cookie cutter game for a while, but I got to a point where it was just like too hard for me. There was a room I couldn't get past and I sort of dropped off of it. And so now I'm kind of looking for my next thing. And I think it's either going to be Prince of Persia or Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. It really depends on what you're in the mood for. Because, like, obviously we're talking about a Metroidvania versus, like, this big expansive, basically JRPG. Yeah. Um, And you didn't, did you finish uh, the last Like a Dragon game? I got to the point where it was right after the sewers where the first time you go into the sewers and I was going up against this like big fat guy and I could not get past him. And I think we talked about it and you were like, oh, yeah, you have to grind a little more. And so I started to do that. I went back into the sewers and was like leveling up. But then I think something else came out or something happened and I stopped playing it. So I don't know what percent along I had the Korean guy, I think, in my group. But I don't know what percent along I was in that game. That may be a factor. But I think it's also like Prince of Persia is less of a time commitment. Mm. Um, so maybe that plays a factor as well. Eh. But I mean, I don't think you can go wrong. They're like I'm enjoying like a dragon infinite wealth so much already that I like definitely want to recommend it, but also like Prince of Persia is very, very good. So and solid. I think, yeah. I think it will definitely be like a game that will be up there for me at the end of the year. So really? do you think both of these will be, uh, I think very likely they will both make my top five slash top 10 list mm. for sure. Do you think power um, world will be, that's a you know that's a good question. I I don't know if I so when I first started playing it and 
there's a that moment where you get to the point where it's basically you've set up a you know a conveyor belt of like them automatically doing everything for you where you're like man this is like actually working and it's very cool (laughs) but like once i got kind of beyond that i was a little bit like i don't know if i care that much about playing more of this yeah and so i don't know if i will stick with it much longer especially now that i'm playing like a dragon infinite wealth um so i don't know I guess it's going to depend on if they are quick about like adding interesting stuff down the line. Yeah. Like maybe I'll go back to it at some point, but for now I'm like kind of good on it. I feel like I've played enough to like get it and be able to be in on the conversation without like necessarily needing it to take over my life. (laughs) But, um, Zach, did you know the next season of apex is season 20 is it are they doing something special for it i think they might be because i don't know what they did for season 10 we're in season 19 right now uprising but uh people speculate that we're gonna get a new map the city map they've been uh saying is gonna be coming out uh in possibly not that long from now because like i said i think the battle pass the season is about over it's i think only like 15 days left or something that's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, if you were to pick up um, Prince of Persia, where would you play it? I guess I would probably. Hmm, that's a good question. I probably would play it on Xbox now that I think about it. Well, I don't know because my Switch is still connected. I, I mean, it would probably look a little better on Xbox, but then I could also, if I wanted to play it on the go. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think they did develop it for Switch first because they they wanted to make it so that it would still look great and run great and probably at around like 60 frames on Switch. Yeah. And then they just like up it to the other consoles. So it does look better. It does look better on the other consoles, but it like is not like a huge noticeable thing. What did you play on? I played it on PS5, but... I have heard that the Switch version is not terribly co- um, compromised by the lesser hardware. So if you want to go Switch so that you have the option to like play it while you're sitting on the couch, like that's not a bad way to play it. Hmm. <laughs> another variable I have to decide. Yeah, I was going to say, so that that's another option for you. If you're uh, to the point in your your adult gaming life where you need to be the option to be able to play it on the couch <laughs> uh as opposed to sitting at your your xbox or like your pc or something like that then that could be another factor in your decision. Hmm. well i'll let you know what i decide uh anything else you've been playing watching this week not really um this kind of ties into my parting wisdom I was going to give. I think I talked a little bit last week about Delicious in Dungeon, which is coming out right now. It's airing on Netflix. I really like this show, and I started reading the comics as well, uh, kind of alongside. Uh, and uh, generally, I am a subs guy. I like to sub anime, but the English dub for this is actually really good. And I have, uh, for some reason, been watching the English dub of it, and... It's a cool little story. It's basically Dungeons and Dragons meets like a cooking show, at least initially. I've heard it like starts to not be as much about cooking, but um, 
I really like it. It's like the main show I'm watching right now. It comes out every Thursday. So not only is that something I've been watching, but it is my parting wisdom is to check out Delicious in Dungeon, either the comics or the anime. The anime is actually like uh, really faithful to the comics as I've been reading because I'll watch an episode and then I'll read the manga and it's like pretty much one to one. Like they they really good job of like translating the comedy and like the action from the manga. And I think probably what I'll this is what I did with Chainsaw Man is like I was reading it and watching it. And when the season ends, I don't know how many episodes are supposed to be in this season. But when the season ends, I'm probably just going to continue to read it and just like read it in high gear and finish it off because uh, it's really good. It, it is completed. Like the the original author is done making them. Uh, the story has come to an end. So it's a great little story and I really like it. It's uh, the characters are cool and the setting is very cool as well. Um, so check it out. And that's also your parting wisdom for this week. It is. I think you should uh, check out the comics or read the or watch the anime because it's a really cool thing that I am excited to dive more into the world of. And on that note, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Starside Cafe, and we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.